Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. Come on, let's worship Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. It said his name. It says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus, we lift up your name today. We're thankful for your name. I'm thankful today that we can call upon you. Amen, church, that we can call upon him. That whatever we got face, that we're facing, whatever may be going on, that there's a name above all names, that there's a name that that we can call on that's greater than any sickness, disease, any hurt, any pain, any circumstance or situation we got going on, we can call on the name above all names, and his name is Jesus. Amen? Come on, give it up for Jesus one more time in this place. Amen. So good. So good, man. I, we just love to worship the Lord. So why don't you high five about three people next to you and let them know, come on. Come on. He is the light. He is the light. He is the light. Awesome. Uh, you're going to have to hang on for a second. I locked it, but I locked it the wrong way. I'll tell you about my arm in a second. I need two. I need two. I'll cut you. I ain't scared. So, um, uh, I think I can walk. Yeah, come help me. I just need to flip. There it goes. Perfect. All right. I'm good. I'm good now. So, you know, so I did this thing on Thursday night, thought I was going to be like George Springer, you know, or something like that. And uh, so if you're wondering, I dove for a ball in the outfield playing old man softball. And uh, uh, my glove grabbed the ground and the ball at the same time, but my body went forward and my wrist did not. And so, and so uh, that's how it broke. And so, um, so, yeah, well, no, I did. I, well, you know, no, <laughs> I, I actually caught the ball, but then once I broke my wrist, my glove went and so did uh, the ball. So, you know, I almost got it, but <laughs> man, it's going to be that kind of day. It's all right. I'm, uh, I'm used to it. It's okay. It's all right. Just know, well, I was going to say I got the microphone, but he can mute me back there. So I just... It doesn't, it doesn't, just doesn't matter. And so, uh, hey, uh, I'm, I'm Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor here. If I haven't got a chance to meet you, man, I'd love to meet you. And, um, such a, such a good, um, great church to be a part of, not just cause I'm the pastor of it, but because it's made up of a bunch of great people. And, uh, and so if you've not got a chance, uh, to meet me or some of the great people that are here, we'd love to get to meet you, uh, after service. And so, Hey, I, there's a lot of things going on today in this summer. Uh, I need to make you aware of. I need to kind of bring to the table. We mentioned it last week, uh, but this week I need to make sure you definitely know it, is uh, that today uh, is actually our last Sunday in this school or at this school. Uh, this school is getting ready to go under construction for the summer to make some improvements. And so they have asked us to uh, relocate, that this is not gonna be uh, available uh, to be used. And so uh, we are moving, and we are moving to uh, Goodson Middle School. Everybody say Goodson Middle School. So, so Goodson Middle School is our, our new summer uh, location. It's just a couple miles from here. Uh, if you go down uh, from here, you go down Springs. There's a couple ways you could go, but if you go down to Spring Cypress and take a left on Barker, uh, it's right through that na- right past that one neighborhood right there, uh, Cypress Point, and it's on the corner of Huffmeister there and Barker, and so um, that's where we're gonna be, and so um, we're gonna be there starting on Sunday, June 9th. Everybody say June 9th. 
We're going to be there Sunday, June 9th, and uh, we, figure, we figured, well, while we're changing things, uh, let's go ahead and change some more things. How many know when you change one thing, you just start changing more? So um, let's break your arm, they said. It'd be fun. And, um, and so, no, we're, uh, we're actually moving our service times as well. So not only will it be a new location, it will be new, uh, a new time for our services. And so we'll be meeting at 1030 uh, in the summer. And so, uh, yeah, so you can sleep maybe for 30 more minutes. And uh, there you have it. So a new location, new time. And you may have already thought to yourself, well, if June 9th is the first Sunday at Goodson, but uh, next week is only June 2nd and we can't be in here why can't we be at Goodson on June 2nd? And so there's a couple reasons, because that school is getting their floors done, and so we can't be actually in the school uh, at Goodson, but we thought something that would be really cool uh, for us to do when you're, I feel like when you're portable, you're a portable church, you can kind of do what you want. You write your own rules sometimes, and so, uh, so, so, we, uh, so next week, we're going to be at Goodson Middle School, but we're going to be doing a block party outside at Goodson Middle School. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to be there at 11. It's going to be from 11 to 2, all right? 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. And, and this, is, this is not just, it's, it's two or threefold, but let's give you two reasons. One is we thought it'd be fun for us as a church uh, to do a, a block party to hang out. We're going to have inflatables there. There's basketball. We're gonna, there's sand volleyball. Uh, we're going to have snow cones there. We're going to have a hot dog vendor there. Uh, there there's frisbee golf at that school. Uh, there's, we're going to have cornhole there. I mean, just like, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to eat. How many know when you eat, Jesus is there too. And so uh, we, can't, we can't hang out and not have food. It just wouldn't be Christian. And so um, we just, we just want to stay saved. So we're going to eat there too together. Um, and so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But this is, so one is to hang out, but also two is uh, we know we're going to be in a new location. We're going to be at a new school. It's, it's, it's relatively the same area, but it's still a new area. In fact, there's about uh, call it about 18,000 uh, people that kind of service that area of schools, and so uh, almost 6,000 homes, and so just a, a, a great, great new pe group of people that we can bring hope to and bring Jesus to. That just means that there's more marriages that can be healed, and that means more people can come to know him and find hope and that where they are hopeless, and those that are lost can be found, and, and so we're just excited that we can, we can just begin to circle this city, because that's what it seems like we're doing. Uh, we've We've, this is be our third school in, in about 16 months, and uh, we don't care if we're in five, five schools in 24 months. We're going to bring people Jesus, and we're portable, and we get to do it, and we're, we're thanking God for it. So, so next Sunday, like, like bring your A game, all right? I'm going to bring my, my broke game, and so, um, but, but bring your A game, man. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be playing and just hanging out, but this is, this is what I need, a commitment from you to be uh, when you're there. Our main thing is that as we see new faces and we see new people, we want to be Jesus to them. We want to connect with them. We want to let them know that, hey, there's a church here that will love you and will walk through life with you. You hear me say it all the time. No matter what you got going on, we'll walk with you through it. And uh, we're just excited to, to meet new people and uh, just to bring people Jesus. Uh, we may not, we're not preaching that day. Uh, just, we're going to have music outside and it's, it will be bumping uh, in the neighborhood. We got, we'll have some, uh, some police presence there. So, so if somebody complains about the noise, we'll say, call the police. <laughs> Come on. And and, uh, uh, and so all that good stuff, but uh, we're going we're gonna to have a great time next week. So uh, make plans to attend, uh, sleep in a little bit. It'll be 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And uh, we, man, I'd really, hey, we'd love for you to be there the whole time, the whole time. Like if you can only be there for a little bit, we, we understand. But if you can be there the whole time, helping us meet people, loving on people, it's going to be great. Your kids are going to love it. Um, so make plans for that. And then June 9th, we're going we're gonna to rock Goodson and make it happen. So let me, let me go over this, this schedule with you one last time before I dive in today. Today, everybody say today. Today, today is our last day at this school. 
for the summer. So if you show up next week, you know, and you're like, oh, where's everybody at? <laughs> Just think, mm, block party, let's go. Um, but today's our last day here. Block party is next Sunday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then June 9th will be our first service at Goodson Middle School, and it's going to be at 1030. Everybody say 1030. 1030. And so, uh, hey, we're having a, what we, uh, you hear us talk about our dream team all the time. And our dream team is what, what on, on a Sunday level, helps us serve and helps us take care of your kids and helps us set up and, and all this stuff. You got greeted, you got high-fived or whatever. Those, those the people are part of our dream team. And uh, we're having a dream team smack uh, we call Sunday morning after church. And so we're going to be feeding our dream team today. But if you're not a part of our dream team and maybe you haven't gone through growth track yet, but you'd like to be a part of this and, and kind of hear about the, what's, what's happening here the next, uh, this, over the course of this summer. Uh, we're gonna be having a meeting right here. It's right after church. Uh, we're gonna be feeding our, our dream team. Uh, if you wanna be a part of that, we've got food for you as well. And so we just wanna open that up to you as a church uh, to be a part of that. We'd love to be able to meet you and uh, just be, you be a part of uh, that with us. So that'll be right after church here. And so um, let's dive in, if you would, uh, we're going to conclude our series today, uh, she said, uh, with a lady named Sarah. Everybody say Sarah. Let's go. Hey, if y'all help me like that today, I promise you I'll only preach for about 55 minutes. And so, um, just kidding. But no, for real. And so, uh, but so let's, let's dive in. Let's talk about, let's talk about Sarah and kind of see what Sarah would kind of say uh, to us today and what we can learn from her and her story. It picks up in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. If you would, you can read behind me or you can open your Bible, whatever it may be for you. But it says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Now notice it, it doesn't say Abraham yet, and if you're a Bible reader or you, grow, you grew up in church, you're familiar with Abraham and, and Sarah, but, but here it doesn't say Abraham yet, it says Abram. In fact, Sarah's name wasn't really Sarah at first, it was Sarai, and, and we, we, see, we see that this was kind of their life before God really did some things in them. And then as God was doing things in them, God changed their name from Abram to Abraham, from Sarai to Sarah. And, and as they allowed God and, and let God work in their lives, they themselves began to look more like God. How many know that when God is in your life, that, that your life should start to li look a little bit more like God? Like when you give, when you say, Jesus, come into my life and, and Jesus becomes Savior and be Lord of my life, there, there's, the Bible says the old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. But there's some things in our lives that should begin to look more like Jesus than they did three months ago and five months ago. And maybe you've been saved for a long time and there's, there's some things in your life that should look more like Jesus now than they did a year ago or 20 years ago. And so he said, I'm going to change your name, and I'm going to put this, ah, in your name. Not just Abram, but Abraham. And this is this Hebrew word for, for God. And he would add it to their names, and God was kind of saying, I'm going to put myself in you. I'm going to put my breath inside of you. And so every time God brings a promise or brings you a promise and or every time we read the Bible and there's these angels that visit, we see this phrase right here, right? He came to Abram and he said this. He said, do not be afraid, Abram. I don't know about you, but that's not like the best greeting in the world. Like, hey, I'm here. Don't be afraid. I'm your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my state is Eliezer of Damascus. Like, like what, what can you do for me? I'm already embarrassed because I can't have kids. In fact, the embarrassment is even more because the heir to, my, to, to our family won't even be blood. It will be my servant. And so Abram goes on to say, you've given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. 
this man will not be your heir. I know it looks like it. I, I know it looks like it, it's gonna be this, this person, but no, he's not gonna be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up, look up at the sky and count the stars. Why was he telling Abram to do that at this moment? Go ahead and look up at the stars and go ahead and count the stars. I think God knew that he, as he looked up at the stars that he couldn't really count all the stars. Now, I know in Houston, like if you look up at night and you look up at the sky, you just see a bunch of clouds and you don't really get to see, like if you see any stars in the sky, it's kind of a, a, a nice change of pace. It doesn't get to happen very often. But, but God is there and says, hey, look up in the sky and look and begin to count all of the stars. I think God was saying, I know that you can't count all the stars. And I think God was trying to say, hey, I'm asking you to do something that you can't do in your own power. I'm asking you to do something that you can't do on your own might. In fact, he goes on to say, he says this, indeed, if you can count them. He's like, I know you can't do it on your own. Has God ever asked you to do something that you can't do on your own? Uh, I think he said, I know you can't. In fact, what I'm about to do, it can only be done through me. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited to him as righteousness. And so today's message is for when you can't understand God, an impatience threatens to overwhelm you. I'm going to say it again. For when you can't understand God, if you've not been there before, maybe you will be soon. And your impatience threatens to overwhelm you. Anybody need some patience? Come on. Anybody drive in Houston? Let's go. Like Sarah, Sarah would say this. She, she would say it like this. Don't complicate God's promise with your solution. Don't complicate God's promise with your solution. Maybe, maybe we could say like this. Hey, God, I know better. Like I know you said this, but it hasn't happened yet. I know better. I got this. Let me do this. Don't complicate it. And so as we, as we read the story and as you, I'd encourage you to go home and just read this whole passage of scripture, uh, Sarah took matters into her own hands. And I think maybe the big idea today, it's real simple. It's this, trust God. Can you say trust God? Can you say trust God? Can you say I need to trust God? Yeah, trust God. Like if you can go home with anything today, like check out, like I'm done, like go home with that. Trust God. In fact, I want to give you kind of three spiritual practices here, and then I want to give you three practical uh, applications that we can use for our lives as we read this scripture today. But first one is this. I want to dive in and say, trust God even if it takes a long time. Trust God even if it takes a long time. There was, there was this guy that was asking God some questions, and he asked God this one time. He said, hey, hey what's a million dollars like to you, God? And God said, oh, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's like a penny. It's no big deal. And uh, he said, hey, well, how, you know, how long is a million years to you, God? And God said, well, it, it, it's, just like a, it's just like a second. And so the guy was like, hey, God, can, can, I, can I have one of those pennies? And God said, yeah, 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 just a second. <laughs> Come on. I know it's cheesy, but that's good. Come on. So, so trust God even if it takes a long time. Genesis 16 verse 1 says, now Sarai, right? We haven't had the name change yet. Abram's wife had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Now you gotta think, they're, they're past the age of, of bearing children. They're, they're 75 years old, and, and I, I don't know about you, but, but having a kid at 75 just doesn't quite sound fun to me. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, God comes to you at 75 and says, hey, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a kid. I'm like, you know what? My time is done. I rebuke you, Satan. Like, I don't want none of this. Don't lie to me. Don't lead me on. Like, my time is done. I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. But no, the Lord, had, the Lord has kept me from having children. 
Sarah says, or Sarai says, so go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram, bro, homie. He agreed to what she said. Now I'm just gonna give you like really like practical life lessons right here, all right? Like it doesn't matter how doped up you may be on drugs because you broke your arm or you did something crazy or like if your spouse ever says that for any reason whatsoever, can I just tell you that's not a good idea? Like, I, yeah, it's a trap. Like, I don't care if she says, like, I don't care if she's like, no, for real, like, just this one time. Like, can I just tell you that's not good, all right? Like, don't, don't even entertain the idea. Like, just, just say, you know what, I don't know what has been in your cup, but let's go ahead and put that in the, in the sink, and let's get you some water, because you're not thinking straight. And so, I'm just saying it's not a good idea, but Abram, he agreed to what she said. I can only imagine the pain that they had felt for so many years not having a son, a son to carry on the family name, and the pain that they would feel when people would look at them because back in those days it would be a sign that there was sin in their lives so there was something wrong with them and because of their lives or something that they had or a secret sin that because of that that's why God had cursed them and not allowed them to have a son although them knowing that they had done nothing wrong in fact they had believed God and they had heard the voice of the Lord but just had to sit there and listen to the people murmur and the people talk and the people say things that weren't true, but you just had to go home and maybe you cried yourself to sleep because nobody believed you. And so here comes this opportunity to trade the pain for the promise. Here comes this opportunity to not hurt anymore. Here comes this opportunity to say, you know what? I'm tired of hurting and I'm tired of crying and I'm tired of nobody believing what I told them is the truth. And so, so now I'm gonna, train, I'm gonna trade in the pain for the promise. I, I just want the baby. I just, I just want what the Lord said. And I know he said he would do it, but it's taking too long. It's taking longer than I thought. Have you ever been there before? The Lord told you, like, you know the Lord spoke something to you. And, and you know that he said, hey, one day this is going to happen. But that one day hasn't quite happened yet. And so you try to take things into your own hands. You try to supersede what God has said. And you try to fulfill the promise yourself instead of allowing God to fulfill the promise for you. And you trade the pain in for what seems to be the promise. And it becomes a counterfeit for God's plan for your life. And so we see Ishmael born. We see, we see what looks like the promise, but it's not because it wasn't done God's way. And anytime you do something that's not God's way, it's just a counterfeit for what he has for you. Come on, we live in a world where, where they'll tell you to do whatever it feels good or do what you want. And, 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 and I'm talking about church people. Forget about the world just for a moment, but just church people that will we'll go and do things our own way that makes us feel good for the moment. But it's counterfeit to who God has really called us and created us to be. Don't trade the pain for the promise, even if it takes a long time. Trust God Secondly, even if it seems ridiculous. This is a part of God, if you follow him, that you should start to get used to. Ridiculous, crazy, out of this world, step out of the boat and walk on water type of crazy. It's not normal to raise the dead. Like, I get it. It's not, it's not normal to see miracles. Unless you, sometimes you gotta go to like a mission strip or a third world country and you begin to see miracles happen. We don't see a lot of miracles in America anymore. It's not normal. But if you always want normal, you remove yourselves from a miracle working God. That's why even if you're a believer, we must be comfortable with the ridiculous. 
We must be comfortable with, God, was that you? You asked me to give how much? You asked me to serve how many times a month on the dream team? God, you, 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 want, you want me to do what? You want me to start a, a new business? I, I don't know, God. Like, that seems crazy. You want me to stop in the middle of a grocery store and pray for this mother that's crying? Ah. God, do you know how many groceries they have right there and you want me to pay for their groceries? You want me to, you want me to pay for the person that has five people in the car behind me through the drive through line of Starbucks? Sweet. Jesus, ridiculous. I know my pastor's arm's broke, but you want me to go mow his yard? (laughs) Come on, it happened. Come on, it happened. I've got about six more weeks. (laughs) Appreciate all the help. It seems ridiculous. I'm not, I'm not going to raise my hands and worship. That's, that's for weird Christians. That's crazy. Like, what, I, I, I'm not going to do that. Can I, can I tell you just, like, like maybe you're not a hand raiser. That's cool. Like, sorry. But just, just, just tap your foot a little bit, all right? Jesus, Jesus, right? Just tap your foot, all right? And, you know, maybe, you know, you start to get used to that tap, that foot tapping and just kind of put your hand on your side and just kind of be like. (laughs) Sorry about that. Just want to make sure you're awake. I can't tap with my other hand. Sorry. But just kind of tap your leg, right? Come on, give a little little foot, foot stomp, foot stomp, toe tap, hip hitting. And then like, and then like, you know, just kind of, you know, oh yeah, just like, you know. And so, and so then like, this thing in the van's going, and you just like putting your hands together, like you start clapping. I clap, but it looked funny, all right? And so you're like, Jesus, Jesus, right? And so, so you're just clapping, and then like, maybe, maybe after just a little bit, you're like, I'm, I'm going to try and lift my hands. Like, you don't have to go like this. But just kind of be like, you know, coffee in one hand, hand open in the other, that casual, that casual worshiper. All right, it's cool. Like, caffeine and Jesus. They go, they go hand in hand. It's good. And so, but then like, get, 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 get comfortable with the ridiculous in your life. Because when, when you allow God's ridiculous nature sometimes. I don't mean like crazy and stupid. I mean like, like God's like, like ridiculous beyond our imagination and what he calls us to do and who he calls us to be. Because when, when we stop ourselves from doing those things, it keeps us from experiencing God on a level that he has called us to experience. And as long as you, and I, I'm just using worship as an example, but as long as you figuratively speaking, keep your hands in your pocket, you can never be in a position to receive what God has for you. As long as you stand still and don't allow God to move and, and, and allow God to sway, come on, if you never step out of the boat, you'll never experience the miracle of walking on water. Come on, the, trust God even when it seems ridiculous. Take some steps that make you feel uncomfortable. I, I just think we live in America, we live in a, in a society that we just want to be comfortable can I tell you, spiritually speaking, let's, let's stop being comfortable. Come on, let's, let's, even if it seems ridiculous. Now, now, I'm not calling you to be crazy, all right? There's a difference. Not, 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 not crazy Christian, all right? Not like, whoa, what was in the Fruit Loops, you know? Like, but, but what, what if you stepped out because you felt God call you to do something ridiculous and you did it and what God said came true what if God did tell you to pay for 
somebody's groceries behind you and, and you actually met a need that you didn't know you were meeting. What if? What if we just participated with God? Genesis 18 says, Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. This is the angels talking to them. And Sarah, here we see, we see Sarah now, all right? God has changed their name. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, man, I'm worn out. And Abraham's old, like Cain walking old. Will I now have this pleasure? Like, like this laugh isn't like, ha, 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 that's really funny. This laugh is like, ha, 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 God, you're crazy. Will I now have this pleasure? Really? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Mm. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. So thirdly, trust God even when those around you don't. Trust God even when those around you don't. Because this is, this is what the enemy does. This is what the devil does in our lives. He, he begins to put naysayers or people around you that will tell you that you can't do it. Have you ever got somebody in your life that said you can't do it? They'll tell you you can't do that. They'll tell you you can't have a baby at 90 years old, Sarah. Like, it's impossible. Like, like I know you said God spoke to you and, and, and you felt the Lord talk to you and all these things, but you're 90 years old. It just probably wasn't, just was a bad night. You had a, just a weird dream. It just, it wasn't from the Lord. Like, they, you can't start your new business. You can't do that job. You can't achieve your dreams. Talking about dreams for a moment. Man, we did a song today, our third song we did, Why? Uh, it away, and, and this song uh, we, we wrote last year, and it reminds me, yeah, Trace wrote this song, our, our worship leader, and it reminds me, our, our band's been working on music this year, and, and part of our, our, our heart and, and our passion is worship, and we believe that God's put songs and skills and talents in, in our team that, that we, we should start writing songs, and so, we, so I told Trace this year, man, we got to start rolling out our songs, we got to, like, let's just stop talking about it, let's start doing it, and, and so I said, we've already got a song, we've only done it one time, but let's do it again, let's start bringing it out, and so uh, we, we were playing the song today, and I was reminded uh, of, of how we, one of the things we did when we started this church was that we wanted to be a church that people's dreams came alive and that dreams wouldn't be laid, just remain dormant and dead, but that, that these things would come alive. And so I just was listening to the song and worshiping and just so thankful that, that God's not done with us yet and that, that he's got dreams, the dreams that he's placed on the inside of us, he wants to bring them alive. And, and your dreams are meant to impact other people, just like this song as we worship was impacting you today. I believe God's placed songs and things inside of you, dreams inside of you, inside of you that are meant to impact the world. They may tell you that you can't, you can't fulfill your dreams. I say, watch out and watch me. You'll never own your house one day. Your family will always be messed up. You're never going to be sober. You're always going to be addicted to drugs. You're always going to be just like your dad. And I say, watch me. And watch God. Genesis 21, 6 says, Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. Now this is a different laughter. This is like a, <laughs> can't believe this just happened. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Like laughter of joy. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Grandma. <laughs> ah, grandma with the courtesy blanket on. Come on. <laughs> Ch 
She didn't care. She like, never mind. Um, Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. She's 90. Abe is 100. And it says in verse one, it says that God did exactly what he had promised. God did exactly as he promised. Oh, it took a lot longer. It seemed ridiculous. Even themselves didn't believe it in the moment, but it came to pass. God did exactly what he promised, and so I wanna give us a few, a few things that I think Sarah would say today as we wrap this up. Hebrews eleven eleven says this, the hall of faith, it says, and by faith even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children. Listen, there may be some things inside of you, this is for somebody, there may be something that, that is inside of you that, that you yourself are not able to do, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, God will enable you to do. He was enabled, she was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. He was faithful. Maybe God has told somebody something in here today and you've given up on the dream. You've given up on the promise. Can I tell you, don't give up on the promise because he is able to enable you to do what he said he would do. So, Sarah would say this. Don't try to get ahead of God when he isn't moving fast enough for you. Don't try to get ahead of God when he isn't moving fast enough for you. Anybody guilty of this? Man, I'm guilty of this. Like, I'm a very impatient person. Who's impatient? Raise your hand. Awesome. Some of you are liars, but it's cool. <laughs> like, super impatient. I mean, if you ever had to wait at, in, in, in the Whataburger line, whew. Man, I broke, when I broke my wrist the other night, I was like, babe, I'm hungry. I need some Whataburger. You're right? Whataburger makes everything better. And uh, Chick-fil-A was closed, so you had to go to Whataburger. And... It was only about five cars in the drive-thru line, but it was probably 45 minutes, it felt like, of waiting for some stinking, uh, you know, a bacon, a bacon and cheeseburger, come on, no tomatoes, uh, with some fries, a large Dr. Pepper, and an apple pie. Come on, let's go, apple pie. Like, like you can't go to Whataburger and not get a hot apple pie. Like, come on. Like, like, like you can, but, but Why? That's like having a pool in the backyard but not swimming in it. Come on, right? And so, like, you go to Whataburger, you got to go get you an apple pie. All right? Come on. Like, most type A, I'm type A, most type A guys or, or people, we're impatient. Impatient. Like, I go to a four-way stop and somebody gets there before I do. Like, I, I don't even wait anymore. Like, I don't even know where people learn to drive anymore. It just irritates me, right? I, like, my, my kids, my wife, they're like, babe, you need to, like, you need to take a Xanax or something. Like, you need to chill out. Like, like <sighs> take a deep breath. It's going to be all right, you know? But I, I pull up to the four-way stop. I don't even care. I just stop, and I start going. <laughs> because I know that the person that got there before me, they're not going, I don't know why that is. I don't know, like, they wait, they look, they look again. And I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm impatient. I'm sorry. God made me that way. He's working on me, okay? But I'm impatient, all right? And so we got to be careful, though, to not make decisions we regret because we are impatient. We, I'll say that again, we must be careful to not make decisions we regret because we are impatient, waiting on God. Second Peter says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought I was waiting on God. No, can I tell you, most of the time he's waiting on you. He's patient with you. He's patient with me. Like, when are you going to step out of that boat? When are you going to start that new business? When are you going to start that church? I told you a long time ago, let's go. When are you going to do what I said? When are you going to obey? Like, when are you going to do it? 
It says, he's patient with us. So what do I do in the meantime? What do we do? What do we do while God's being patient with us? We're waiting on God. The secret of patience is doing something else in the meantime. You ever had to wait at the doctor's office? If you just like, you look at your watch, it, it, the time passes by really slow. You're waiting for a meeting, it passes by really slow. So what do you do? You gotta do something else in the meantime. I love what Psalm 37 says. It says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Can I tell you, take 10 minutes of your day. It could be any time. It could be in the morning, the afternoon. It could be at lunch. It could be at dinner. It could be at nighttime. But take 10 minutes and stop everything. And I'm not talking about when you're driving either. I mean, just take 10 minutes. Just, just you and the Lord. Not, not, not 15 minutes, not 20 minutes, not an hour. That'd be great. But, but take 10 minutes with the Lord. Turn your phone off. Do not disturb. Do what you gotta do. And go to a quiet place and just worship. Just turn on some worship music, just you and the Lord. I don't know, I, I'm a worshiper, so I love, I love turn on worship music. I, I, I love to pray to worship music. I, 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 my, my, my playlist, my whole library of music is, you know, 98% worship music. It's just, you know, it's just like, it's just flooded with, with music. In fact, <laughs> this is how, how much I love worship. I broke my arm. I'm in the, I'm in the urgent care. I went to the doctor come in. I'm like, I'm hurting in pain and I'm singing worship music. I'm, 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 I'm singing this song withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing. I give myself away, oh, I give myself away so you can use me. That's, the, that's what I'm singing and I'm about to die in urgent care. But that's what flows from inside of me. It's just natural, it's just, it's my go-to, it's my jams. Go to a quiet place and find Find a moment to worship the Lord because when you are, oh, you, when you are in a moment of brokenness, what comes, what is in you will come out of you. When you find yourself in a moment of brokenness, in hurt and in pain, what is inside of you will flow out of you. Someone said, did you say like, like a slew of cuss words in the urgent care? And I was like, you know, I could have, because it hurt really bad. But no, I didn't. One of the reasons is because I told him I was a pastor. <laughs> Should have told a motivational speaker, I don't know. But what flowed from me, what was already in me. Part B of that verse says, don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Shut the voices out. Shut the voices out. We need some people in our life that are gonna encourage us. Some people through our brokenness, they're gonna say, hey, I got you. The time to turn your back on somebody is not when they're broken. The time when people are broken, it's time to run to them. It's not to close our arms because somebody messed up. I want us to be a church and a people that opens our arms wide. That says, through your brokenness and through your hurt and through your pain and through your waiting, we will stand with you. You may need to shut your Facebook down for a little bit. You may need to press pause on social media, scrolling through Instagram. You might need to quit watching the news for a couple of days. Can I tell you, like, if you want to get down and depressed, just watch the news. 
right? Five o'clock, six o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever. Like, you turn the news on, especially in Houston, right? Well, there's been 57 murders yesterday, and you're like, oh, only 57, that's amazing. <laughs> it's like so depressing when we watch the news. You turn on, you turn on CNN, or you turn on Fox News, and you just look at the, what's going on in the world, and it's just, it's depressing. You watch ESPN, it's depressing, because the Rockets aren't in the finals. It's depressing. The Spurs aren't in the finals. You're welcome. Worship and shut out the voices. Worship and shut out the voices. Sarah would say, when, when you must wait, focus on what's happening in you, not what's happening to you. Focus on what's happening in you, not what's happening to you. I'll, I'll say it like this. When something is happening to you, be assured God is wanting to do something in you. When, when you got something going on, just, just begin to thank the Lord. God, I, I don't necessarily enjoy this moment, but I thank you that I got something going on because I know you're trying to do something in me. Because God is more interested in your character than you being comfortable. What God's doing is trying to develop some character inside of you, some perseverance inside of you. God doesn't care about you being comfortable near as much as he does you building character. Like, like when your kid wakes up on a school day and is like, ah, I don't want to go to school. Why do you want to go to school? Because I'm tired. Like, say what? I'm tired. You don't have a fever? No. Your stomach doesn't hurt? No. You feel okay? Yep. Well, guess what? You're getting your hind rear out of this bed, and you're going to school, right? What'd you just do? You created some pain for their purpose. I know you didn't want to, but you're going to. Like, I know it doesn't necessarily feel good, but we're going to create some pain for your purpose. And God does the same thing. I mean, think about having a baby. I mean, I've never had a baby. I mean, I have kids, but I've never had a baby. You know what I'm saying? I can only imagine the pain. And I've just heard, experienced, ladies, you could probably attest to this, that the stronger the pain is, the closer the promise. Right? You, you know there's a baby growing inside you, and, and, and you know it's growing, and, and you can feel the baby kicking, and you go to your checkups, and you, feel the, you, feel, you hear the heartbeat, and, and, and sometimes like when, when it's getting closer, you can see that handprint or that footprint, and it just goes across the tummy, and like totally freaks you out the first time. You're like, whoa. But as those contractions begin to happen, and the pain becomes stronger the closer the promise is. And what do we do? We push through the pain because we know there's good on the other side. We push through the pain because, man, I'm about to have a baby. Man, I, I'm about to bring life into this earth. I remember when we had our kids and, and, and our babies came out and, and, and they brought the babies out and they, they, they put them on Chris's chest. And it was just like, oh. You said in this moment, the pain was all worth it. I would do this all over again. Now, after your second, your third, your fourth, your fifth, however many, you're like, okay, I'm done with the pain. <laughs> but it was worth it because of the good that we now experience. It says this in Romans. It says, that is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We're waiting. We're growing. We, of course, we, we don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become. Now, guys, I, I would not, I would not, um, this is not your theme verse for when your wife is pregnant, okay? The larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy 
You see, patience isn't the ability to wait, but it's how you act while you're waiting. Patience isn't the ability to wait, but it's how you act while you're waiting. And James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever we face trials of many kinds, because we know the testing of your faith and our faith produces perseverance. This, this waiting, this patient, patiently waiting. And let this finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Sarah lastly would say, even our very best cannot possibly compare to anything God had in mind. What God has in mind, it, 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 we can't, whatever we're thinking up, it can't compare. Isaiah would say, since before time began, no one has ever imagined, nor ear heard, nor eye seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. God has a much better plan for your life than you have for yourself. So let's trust God. So let's trust God. It may take longer than you thought it was gonna take. It may look different than you thought it would look. When God speaks to you, it may seem a little bit ridiculous. But trust God. Trust God that he's faithful to complete that which he has promised. What he has started, he will not leave you or anything unfinished. Let me pray for you. God, I, I pray for your people today. Lord, you're doing some things inside of us that maybe we, we can't even see, understand in the moment. But that doesn't mean that you're not doing it. And so, God, I pray that even in the moments that it seems like it's taking too long, it seems a little ridiculous, God, I pray that we would hold on that we would trust in you. That we would realize that you are faithful to your promise. And God, I just believe there's some things inside of people today that you have promised. Some things that are dwelling up or welling up on the inside of us. And God, I pray that they would begin to come to pass. God, that you would give them a sign. God, that they would begin to expand in faith and expand, Lord, their, their expectancy, Lord, in you. And they would begin to trust you more than they did yesterday or the day before. God, that they would see you moving and guiding and directing them in a way that they haven't ever experienced or seen before. God, do it. Do it in them today. Lord, we simply, we simply said we trust in you. Come on, can you tell them today? Say, God, I trust in you. Yeah, I trust in you, Lord. I trust in you. I trust you, God. Thank you for joining us in the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at hoperising.co. If you're in the Cypress, Texas area, we would love to connect with you on Sundays, 10 a.m. at Spillane Middle School. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.